And welcome to the Virtual Real Estate Investing Podcast. This is your co-host, Frank Scappatici, here to do a solo episode. We're going to talk about how to fund deals today or how, how we can be creative in our thinking and how we fund deals. Um, but uh, before that, I want to give you an update on my week. I'm having a great week. Um, it's Halloween on Sunday, which is my favorite holiday. I got all the skeletons and ghouls and stuff outside my house and on my lawn. My kids are super excited. My daughter's going to be a witch. Uh, we just um, finally got our second self-storage facility contract signed, and we're expecting another one to come in tomorrow. So our business is booming. We're doing really, really well, and uh, it's a lot of fun. Okay, so let's get into uh, the content for today. I'm going to talk about funding real estate deals. On our show, we typically will talk about either finding deals, funding deals, or how we finish deals. Today, I'm going to focus five minutes, short episode on funding them. And uh, the, if you take anything away from this episode, it's creativity. I think people don't do not appreciate, and I certainly did not appreciate how creative you can be with financing. Once you start getting away from the conventional um, mortgage terms and into like the investor world, you can be way more creative in the investor world than you can in the regular single family um, conforming mortgage world. I think the mortgage industry that people are familiar with make them think that every single loan that they get or take out has to be an amortized 30 or 15 year loan with a really tightly grouped interest rate. Um, and there's just like this cookie cutter solution that's for everybody. And that's not really the case, particularly once you start getting away from the conventional mortgage space and into the investor space. I'll give a couple examples of deals that we did in the last couple of years. One single family deal that we found um, via cold texting. We uh, reached out to the seller and we did this deal direct. And then another deal we just did with our first storage facility a couple of months ago. So let's do the single family example, right? In this case, we uh, had a texting campaign. We sent out a couple thousand text messages to homeowners in Lawton, Oklahoma, which is a military town. And um, typically the homes there are like hundred grand to 300 grand. And then if you get lower than that, there's there's tons of cheaper housing there, but the areas are pretty rough. Um, we found a house. We had the resale value at around 130 to 135 at the time. And uh, we talked to the seller. We couldn't get the seller to come down on the cash price we wanted. We knew the house was in really, really rough condition. Would not appraise if you tried to go through a conventional loan. And um, he just wasn't willing to budge on price. We couldn't get it to where we needed to lock it up so we could flip the house properly. So we created an alternative solution. And I, I find that these financing or creative financing options in the single family space are really best suited when, when sellers are stubborn on price, but very flexible on other terms like timing. So this is what we did. The gentleman's like, hey, I, I need to be at $75,000 to sell this house. It's got a resale value of 135. The rehab is roughly around $30,000. We're like, hey, we can't pay cash at that price for you know that flip on a cash deal. The margins are simply too tight. We can offer this because price is important to you. We're going to go at 75 grand. That's the agreed upon purchase price. But we're only going to give you $5,000 today, right? We're only going to give you five grand today. We're going to give you the rest of your cash or equity over time. Then the, the next question is how much time? Well, that's something you agree upon with that seller. In this particular case, the seller said, listen, I'm okay with this approach, but I maximum five-year terms. I want to get the full $75,000 because this person owned the house cash. 
I want to get all that money within five years or less. So this is the deal. 75 grand purchase price. We're making $300 payments approximately per month. It's all principal. So principal only. We're not paying any interest on this loan. And it matures in just over three years from now because we're almost two years into this note. And um, when we when we actually rented this house, it rented for, now it's renting for $1,150. Um, so we're paying $300 a month principal only on a house that we're renting out at $1,150. Yeah, we paid a little bit more than we would have otherwise, but this is a killer deal. It's probably the best seller financing deal on a single family house we ever did. So the message here is this, right? Particularly in single family or, or really any direct to seller engagement or negotiation where there's no broker, all bets are off. Like if you're going the creative financing route, you can negotiate purchase price, monthly payments, how much of its principal, how much of it is interest, the loan duration, pre anything. You can literally negotiate any lever and the deal is at your disposal. And I think that's a great way for investors to help out sellers um, that are in situations where they maybe can't get rid of a house. Maybe it's in bad condition. Maybe they're in the eviction process and the moratorium's got them all screwed up. There's there's a million reasons sellers are getting jammed up right now. This is a way you could help them out because the deal I just described, yeah, it's a huge home run for Grayline and my company, but also that seller is over time going to make more money and actually reduce his one-year tax burden because he would have paid all the taxes in one year. So he's going to reduce his tax burden and make more money over time. So I, uh, I would say we both won there, even though I would argue that our company won maybe more than the other party. Okay, here I'll give another example of how you can be creating with funding deals. We just did, um, was it 40 days ago or so? We closed on our first self-storage facility in Lawton, Oklahoma as well, which is a funny coincidence. Um, and we got the lender to give us a 4.25% interest rate on a 20-year note and 20-year amortization. And um, it was, was 425, 20-year note. And we were able to secure it um, with the first year being interest only payments. So our, our payments are about half what they will be next year. And we're only paying interest. Now, you're probably asking, well, why the hell would you do that? Don't you want to pay down the principal so you have more equity down the line in a few years? And I'll explain why we did this. We bought a self-storage facility that we know is going to take us two months or more to stabilize the property. It was not being run well. We know that they were not spending almost any money on marketing, so they were not able to charge market rates and their occupancy was low at the time of contract. We also know that they're spending way more than they should on their expenses, including staffing. So we know when we inherit this property, the first month, it's not going to be doing that great. That's part of our business plan. And that's part of the reason we got the property at the price that we did. So we said, the, told the lender, listen, it's going to take us a few months, probably one quarter to get the property stabilized. How do you feel about us doing interest-only payments for the first year so we can cash flow a little bit and pay our investors. I'll make a side note. We have other investors in this deal besides ourselves. We are the general partners and we have limited partners. We agreed to pay them an 8% preferred return. By not paying the bank principal, I, I can't say I guarantee, but I can pretty much almost guarantee I'm going to hit that 8% preferred return and be able to not fall behind on my payments to my investors. And in this particular case, I'm choosing to pay my investors rather than pay the principal down. So I want to get their cash flow out the door. This also gives me time to stabilize the property and reduces my stress that I'm going to fall behind, right? I don't want to have a quarter where I'm not cash flowing, I guess is what I'm saying. And this is helping me do that. Although yes, down the road, 
there will be less principal paid down when we do buy the sell the property. But I do expect us to force a lot of appreciation anyway by adding value to the property and being able to sell at a much higher price anyway. So what's the message there, right? The message I want to reinforce here is if you do a commercial loan on a syndicated property, self-storage facility, multifamily, maybe you're buying it yourself, whatever, um, you can still do seller financing or all that cool stuff. If you're going direct to seller or if the agent that you're working with is cool with that, you can still do it. But the other thing I want to emphasize is commercial lending in some cases is not subject to the same like Fannie Freddie rules, right? There's credit unions that have a little bit more latitude, um, a little bit less red tape, and you can still negotiate some levers in the deal. We were able to change how the uh, principal was going to be paid on this particular loan to meet our strategy. So what I'm getting at is there's still flexibility in the commercial side too. You just got to go find it. Um, That's all I got for today. It's a quick little lesson, something I wanted to share about how we are funding our deals. And the main message again for today is creativity. Um, Don't have a limiting belief that everything has to be lumped into a cookie cutter 15 or 30 year mortgage. It's really up to you to find out what the possibilities are and uh, make them work in your favor. It's Frank Scappatici at Grayline Investments. You can follow me on Twitter at Frank Scapp with two Ps. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks.